How's everybody doing? Good? Thumbs up? Maybe? Good to see everybody. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about what the Holy Spirit's doing here today. It's so good. I really want to start. I'm gonna I asked someone if I could I asked Wilma if I could embarrass her. And she said, Yes, you go right ahead. I was like, okay. Because I made a commitment the next time I got up to speak, I was gonna talk about Wilma. And I, what a blessing she is to us at, at here. Wilma, how old are you? 80, 87 years old. Wow. I'll, I'll, so let me just describe why I, I want to be like Wilma when I'm 87. If I get to that age, hallelujah. I, I'm Seriously, I want to have her heart. And there's so many things that we can learn from Wilma because she is pursuing God. She's in our School of Kingdom ministry right now. So she's 87 years old and she's learning about kingdom theology and she's learning how to be a minister and how to, to serve Jesus and follow Jesus and love him with all of her heart. And I see her every day and she's like sharing prophetic words and she's gr- like when I'm here on Sundays and I see her like, like entering in and just like pressing in and like wanting to learn like that continuous learning heart, that learning mindset, that humble heart. And I go, oh my gosh, I want to be like Wilma. You know what I'm saying? I'm seriously Wilma and I just bless you on that. I love what you're doing and you're such an example. Listen, you're an example to all of us about what it really means to follow Jesus all the way through. Not just like some of us have this retirement mentality about life. Like, okay, you know, we just, at, at, when I get to 65 years old, I'm going to hang it up, and we hang everything up. We hang up our work. We hang up our, our relationship with Jesus. We, it's like, you know, I, I don't have to go to church anymore. I just sit at home and watch it. I want to watch a few messages. You know what I mean? Like, there's a mentality of that. And that, that she's not entering into. And I just love that about her. So yeah, let's just give her a round of applause. She does it. Love you, Wilma. And I just wanted to share that with you. So before I begin, um, I really felt an impression of Holy Spirit that he wanted to do some healing. You know, we talk about the kingdom. It's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to do it. And I, who likes doing? I like doing, right? So let's do it. So raise your hand. We're going to do some quick healing ministry. Holy Spirit come kind of stuff, right? Raise your hand. I'm not going to make you come up here, but raise your hand if you have any pain in your body right now. And if no one does, we're just going to bless that. We got Robert in the back. We got a little pain over here, a couple pains over here. So, Wilma, you're in charge of them. Jack and Marcia, you're in charge of them. All right. Grace, you can pray. Can you just put your hand right on them? That's all. You don't have to even say anything, right? Holy Spirit, just come. Right now, I don't know what it is that's in your body, but we're just, in the name of Jesus, let's just all agree, we just release healing. Robert back there needs somebody to pray for. That's why I was pointing, Marcia, over there. Yeah, yeah. We just release healing. Come, Holy Spirit, right now. Your presence, healing, your power to heal. Come right now. Pain, leave. Yeah, just agree with me on that. Pain, leave. I curse pain. You bore our sicknesses. You bore our pain, Lord Jesus, at the cross. And, and Lord, we just release that reality into their body. We command the body be healed. Pain leave right now in Jesus' name.
Now, for those of you who have had pain, this is what I want you to do. I want you to take a little inventory. If 10 was where you're at, your pain level, right? Check it, move it. Don't be afraid here. If you got to stand up, whatever you got to do, just do it, okay? Wiggle it a little bit, shake it, try it, okay? And if your pain, if your pain before when, I, when you raised your hand was a 10, if that's gone down at all, like maybe even if it's gone down, if it's gone down halfway, raise your hand, okay? Check your pain. If, you, if it hasn't gone down, don't raise your hand because this is about being authentic, right? Has anyone had their pain go down? No one? Oh, this is where everyone gets nervous. We go, we go oh, oh, no, Jesus isn't real. Well, he is, so we're going to press it again, Lord. Oh, put your hand on him again. That's right. I watched a video of a uh, Brian Blount video. He is so inspiring. He prayed for this lady who had a stroke, and she got completely healed. But, man, they had to pray. Like, I watched it. I was like, holy cow, we're going to do this again. He just kept praying it over and over and over again. And by the time, like, her, she had no, she couldn't even lift her arm up. And by the time, she was lifting it like this. Hallelujah. So, so yeah, in the name of Jesus, pain, leave. Infirmity. We curse infirmity on their body. Affliction. Leave right now in Jesus' name. We release the power of the Holy Spirit. Healing power. Flood their bodies right now in Jesus' name. Come, Holy Spirit. Okay, check it again. Check it again. Again, if it's gone down, if you've had any of the pain gone down, raise your hand up. Oh, we got somebody in the back. That's good, Joe. So it's gone down a little bit. Hallelujah. More, Lord. Robert, more. Let's just bless that. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, we release, we just say more in Jesus' name. More, Holy Spirit. Just agree together. We just say more. Bless what you're doing. Complete healing. All pain leave. All pain leave. All pain leave in Jesus' name. All pain leave. Pam, any breakthrough over there? If you haven't, that's fine. Hallelujah. Lord, we just, yeah, we just release healing over Pam. Release healing into Pam's body. Hallelujah. Yeah, right now. That's it. Wilma's doing great back there. She's praying. We love you, Jesus. Release your healing power. More Holy Spirit. Again, if even if you've repetitively put your hand up, put your hand up again. Any any breakthrough, any reduction, any reduction. If you put your hand up, if you've had any reduced reduction in pain. All right, 30 seconds, 30 seconds more. Yes, Jesus, we love you. Trust your healing power. Love the kingdom. You said that your kingdom is at hand, and we just take hold of it right now. Let's just take hold of that. We take hold of the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is within reach. The kingdom, the, the power to heal, to save, to deliver, to set free, we take hold of it now in the name and power of Jesus. All infirmity, affliction, leave in Jesus' name. Pain, leave the body. Hallelujah. Full restoration in Jesus' name. Yep. All right. Amen. All right, so one final inventory. Joe, you raised your hand back there. Still, still get, do you have breakthrough? You had a hand? How about Robert? How's, your, how's yours doing? Better? Good? Good. Anybody else? We had a couple breakthroughs. Hallelujah. Thank you. 
Sometimes we think healing, whenever I've, you know, the kingdom, when it breaks in, it's so funny. It's like a mustard seed, and it starts, and then we bless it, and it increases. We think it's going to be like an explosion. It's not necessarily like that. A lot of times it comes in like a mustard seed, right? It starts with a little bit of breakthrough, and then we bless it, and it grows, and it grows, and it grows, and it increases, and increases, and increases, right? Hallelujah. Good, good. So we're talking about the incarnation. We're talking about the incarnation. The incarnation, God becoming man, right? That's what we're talking about. Emmanuel, God with us, right, in, in Jesus Christ. And, um, you know, and we're, so today we're going we're gonna to, like, stare at Jesus a little bit and really kind of dive into this whole, what does this mean? You know, fully God, fully man. That's what I t- titled this message, fully God, fully man, the integ- integration of that. And so um, I always find it interesting with people that I talk to about Jesus who aren't quite there yet, how um, they, you know, when they share with me their opinions and their thoughts, it always strikes me how, like, how they're experts on the topic. <laughs> it's always kind of interesting to me that, like, they kind of present it in a way, like, yeah, that they've done all the research and that they're kind of an expert and they figured it all out. And I'm just like, you know, I think that's interesting. You know, you came to the conclusion that Jesus isn't real or he doesn't exist or he wasn't really raised from the dead. But have you really studied it? Like, I mean, like, have you, you know, like I was thinking about like, uh, I don't know, metaphysics or some kind of like science or technology. You know, I probably, I mean, there's, there's things that I really don't understand. I mean, I'm an engineer, right? That's my background. And uh, which has science as associated with, but, you know, um, you know, kind of metaphysics kind of stuff and that kind of thing. I, I you know, um, I wouldn't call myself an expert, you know, and, and so, so it would take me time. I mean, I could become an expert. It'd probably take me about a year to really study, to analyze, to, to get to the details of it, right, and to really understand it. And then I could probably teach it and share it with somebody, you know, okay, these are the fundamental principles that we're looking at here, and I could actually teach that. Well, right, but a lot of us, you know, it seems like we, we, you know, just don't, aren't willing to do the study and the research. And so you probably have people in your life. You probably have family members and friends that are kind of there, you know, and we're like, hey, and our hearts cry, our hearts prayer is, boy, I wish they would come to know Jesus, right? So, you know, to put a little, like, feet to that prayer is to just kind of ask them, like, have you studied that? Have you researched Jesus? Are you sure that he wasn't raised from the dead? Does the data point in that direction? Or, you know what I mean? And all the testimonies in the, in the Bible and all of that, right? I mean, you know, challenge them to do the research and to seek and to understand before they draw that final conclusion. So there was a person that had an interesting concept of, uh, oh, my, my one thing is, is if, you're, if you're not quite there yet on the whole Jesus thing, that's okay. We, we love that you're here. And we're actually going to, I'm going to give you a a time a little bit later to say yes to Jesus and to lean into the, you know, that Jesus raised, was risen from the dead and all that kind of stuff. And so we're going to have a time later for you to actually do that. So I'm just going to like throw that out there if that's where you're at. And again, we love that you're here. But there was a person back in the 300 ADs, his name was Arian. I don't know if that was his first name or last name. I did a little research on it. I'm not going to call myself an expert. But anyways, Arianism he, he started this concept of Arianism, and it was kind of permeating out through the church that Jesus was created, that he wasn't God, that, um, you know, he was a body, 
you know, he was he was physically there, but then it was the Christ spirit that indwelt him. And then when he, when he, you know, when he was going to the cross, it lifted off of him, you know what I mean? And this whole, you know, because this is kind of like a lot of people have this thought process that you could Google and research this. This Christ spirit dwelt, it wasn't just on Jesus, it was on other people, right? It was on Muhammad, and it was on Buddha, and it was, you know what I mean? Like there's this mentality that this Christ spirit was everywhere. It's kind of a universalism kind of approach and, you know, kind of thing. And, and so, anyways, in 325 AD, the Council of Nicaea, where all these church leaders came together, and they wrestled with this, like, hey, you know, how do we take what the Bible says and formulate that in terms of a theology about God? And this is where, you know, you kind of think of the the Trinity, you know, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and the relationship between them and all, all that exists. But um, anyways, that, that was a birthing place. That was a critical space where this kind of defining of fully God and fully man came up. You know, we use the phraseology of 100% God and 100% man. I don't know about you. I struggle with that a little bit. 100% is a percentage. It's like you can't get more than 100%. <laughs> but but fully God and fully man, this coexisting, this coming together, right, in the the God man Jesus, right, which wasn't, you know, which was kind of a foreign concept, because everything to that point was really kind of like God versus man and this separation, right? So this was kind of, you know, so the incarnation of Jesus was a big deal. And I, I want to look back um or actually what I want to do is I want to just take a moment because this is significant, this idea of God coexisting. God and man coexisting is a theme that I really want to share with you in the next uh, few minutes. Because if you look at the beginning in the garden, right, we see God and man coexisting. We see this coexisting. He, you know, God would walk with us, in man, right, mankind. Okay, so when I say man, please don't take that as a, a male-female thing, because, you know, that's, that's all of us humans, all of us people. So if I slip into that, it's not a, a sexist statement at all, all right? But we were walking with God in the cool of the day. There was this unity. There was this coexisting of God and man together. Heaven and earth was, was together, and there was this overlap of the two together. And then sin came into the world, and there was this separation. And that's, that was the reality for the next, you know, so many years until Jesus came onto the scene to restore all things into that, to bring heaven back to earth, to create that overlapping space. In fact, he was that overlapping space where heaven and earth coexisted together, where God and man became one. Isn't that interesting? But also, not only with that, that was kind of the inauguration of this coexisting, this breaking down the barrier between God and man and us coming together, right? Um, but all, ultimately, it's the culmination of all things, too. Because in Revelations 21, I want to just read this to you. 1 through 3, it says this. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, this is what I want you to, to really grasp. Behold... The dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be their God. This like coexisting, this coming together, this marrying, if you will, right, of, of, of humanity and God together, unity and together. Whoops. 
So Jesus actually is the beginning of this. We see this in this God-man, this fully God, fully man, coming into the earth to restore all things, right? To restore heaven and earth back together. So it's no longer God versus man, it's God with man, right? We call this partnership, right? This unity, this coming together. Jesus is a new state of reality where God and man coexist. And I think the key thing that we need to remember, because I want to talk about fully God and fully man, is that he's still a man. That right now, Jesus is a, is a person. Right? He has, he's flesh. His flesh has been transformed. He's the first fruits. He's been transformed. But he is seated at the right hand of God. And he would come again to judge the living and the dead. So I want to press in a little bit into this whole, real quickly, I'm not going to really focus on this because I think we're all there when it comes to, most of us are probably there when it comes to the fully God side of things. But I, I want to spend a little bit more time on fully man, which I'm going to cover in just a moment. But turn with me to Hebrews, if you want, chapter 1, because I really want to just build on this concept because there's some key things that we need to really understand and grasp when we say that Jesus is fully God. It says in Hebrews, writing to, Hebrews is called Hebrews because the writer's writing to Hebrew. <laughs> He's writing to Hebrew, Hebrew people, okay? So they understand the Old Testament. That's what I want you to grasp is they understand the concept. They, they understand the prophets. They understand the law. They understand Moses and Abraham and, and Elijah and Elijah and all all the prophets and, and all of that. And so he's writing to them, and he encourages them in this way concerning Jesus. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. So he's saying, hey, long ago, you know, what, you've, what you read is the Torah, is the Old Testament, blah, 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 okay, right? God spoke to us through the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. This is really, really important that we understand this, okay? Because what, what we like to call in, in theological terms is th what the Hebrew writer is saying is this idea of progressive revelation of God, okay? It's almost like the Old Testament is like we're looking at God like this. So we got a peephole. You guys know a pe uh, door? There's no peepholes and doors anymore, is there? You don't have those, but you used to have like a little peephole. Right now I'm looking at Lisa right now. There's, you know, if I looked at this place and I looked through that peephole, I would say, man, there's only one person in this room right now. It's Lisa. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, you know, you can think about when we look up into the stars, right? So we don't have the whole picture. We only have a part, a little piece of that picture, right, describing the reality of this space and this time, right? And so it's the same way. Like the Old Testament was like a peephole, and there was like another peephole and another peephole kind of giving us an understanding of who God is, okay? And it was progressively getting more and more and more as we, had, as we went through time. But with Jesus, it was all unveiled. He is the exact imprint, the fullest image of the character and the nature of God. And that's very, very important, right? Because if we draw conclusions about God and we look back in the Old Testament and we just see a people, we might say certain things about God that might not necessarily be right because I'm just looking through a people. 
and I don't see the full picture. In Jesus, we see the full picture. And that's so important, right? He is fully God. Remember Philip? What did Philip say? Philip, I don't know about you guys. I kind of like get this image in John, where I think it's John 14, right? So Philip was like, Jesus, can you just show us the Father? I mean, I've been hanging out with you all this time. All I really, I, mean, I just want to see the Father. <laughs> so he's, I was like, you know, and, and, and Jesus is like almost, almost like in a frustrated tone. He's like, Philip, come on, dude. I've been with you this whole time, and you still don't get it. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Like some of that was paraphrased, but this is the real thing that Jesus said. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So how Father acts, what would God do in a certain specific situation? We look to Jesus. Like, you know what I'm saying? And that's so important because when we interpret what God wants to do in the future, we need to base it off of what we see in Jesus' life. And how God speaks to us today and what he wants to do in our lives today, we need to look at Jesus' life. That's very, very important. So that's the progressive revelation. So Jesus is the exact imprint, the exact nature and character of who God is. And we have to build our theology. Theology is just our understanding of who God is. And listen, the problem with the world right now and what you have versus other people that don't is they don't understand who God is. Like, I mean, just sit down and talk to an atheist or sit down and talk to him and have him like, who, who do you think God is? And I mean, they're going to come up with all this stuff. And he's angry and he's mad and he's distant and he doesn't care and all these kind of things. Do we see that in Jesus? Absolutely not. Jesus defines who God is. Jesus said this in John 14. He said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This is the key thing. Jesus is the full truth about who God is. He's the truth about who God is. But he is also, this is a little nugget moving forward, the truth about who we are. Because he's not only fully God, he's fully man. He's fully one of us. Born in our image, in our likeness. Jesus is the way for us to live. He's the way for us to to walk. He's the way for us to move and have our being and, and live this life. He showed us the way. He showed us what it looks like to be a kingdom person on this planet, living and moving and acting by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's the key point because we miss this a lot. Philippians. Philippians 2, 5 through 7. I, I, I skipped a scripture. I'll, re, I'll go ahead and read the next one. Well, that's fine. Let's stay there. Have this in mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant and being born in the likeness of men. He emptied himself. To, what did he empty himself of? His power and authority is God. I mean, he's still God. He just emptied himself of that. Now, this is really important, all right? Because if Jesus came as God and functioned as God on the earth, 
in terms of like miracles and, one, and all the things that Jesus did, right? I mean, that's the one thing about Jesus. Everyone knows that. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. I mean, he did all these amazing things. If he did that as the Son of God, that's a whole one thing, right? I mean, that's unattainable because we're not that. But if he did it as, as a man in perfect union with God, empowered by the Spirit of God, then that means it's attainable. That means that it's something for us to reach for and to grab and to take hold of. A lot of people believe the, the first statement that I said, that he, 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 he did that, all those miracles, because he's the Son of God. So then how can Jesus look us square in the eyes and say, the works that I do, you will do also, and greater works than these because I go to the Father. How can he command us and declare that over us? How can he say to us in a moment of time and say, hey, you see that mountain right there? If you say to that mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and do not doubt in your heart but believe that those things that you say will be done, you will have whatever you say. Therefore, whatever things you ask for when you pray, believe that you'll receive them and you will have them. How could he say that to us? See, when Jesus walked on the earth, Right? There was a time where he was casting out demons and they were saying, hey, you're doing that by the power of Beelzebub. He says, if I cast out demons by the, because I'm the son of God, then the kingdom of heaven has come upon you. That's not what he said. I just changed it. That's not true. See, you guys all thought that was right. He said, I cast out demons by what? By the spirit of God. So the spirit in him was casting out the demons. Then the kingdom of heaven has come upon you. The same spirit that lives in you. The same spirit that lives inside of me. That we're walking temples of the Holy Spirit. Able to walk, right? Jesus is the, is the prototype of who we are called to be and how we're called to function into the earth. And we have to get, this is so important, right? Because, you, let me say it this way. If the Bible taught us that we're sinners, we're lowly sinners, powerless, helpless. The only thing we can do is just say yes to him and then just kind of survive and, and maybe make our way through to the end and then we die and that's it, right? Well, man, if that's what he taught us, then the Bible was, did a terrible job of te teaching that. I mean, that's not even close to what he taught us to do. He said, go heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. You know what I mean? He said, you know, I mean, he just, I mean, there's so many examples all over the place of how that we have power to change our circumstances and to transform our society and our situations to release the kingdom. I think we're getting it. I don't know. I'm hoping. I'm looking at eyes. Jesus is the prototype of how we are called to live. And he said, come and follow me. I'll give you a couple stories here in just a moment. Let me skip. I'm going to skip to the next ones for the sake of time. Romans 8, 29 through 30 just brings this home. Well, let me, let me, don't worry about this next scripture. Just leave it on that one, please. Just to emphasize this, Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say the Son of Man can do nothing on his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. 
He says, I, I, can't, I have no power to do anything here. I'm only moving and acting as, the, as I see what the Father's doing, as I see what Holy Spirit is doing amongst me, and then I speak into that. That's what I'm doing. He is a man functioning in the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, it was perfect. Yes, it was beautiful. Yes, it was awesome. But that's what we are called to be and how we're called to walk. Again, he said, those who believe in me, the works that I do, you will do also. And greater works than these because of the Father. Romans 8. I just want to read this, 29 through 30, and then we'll finish. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined, listen to this, to be conformed to the image of his Son. All of us in this room are called to be conformed to the image of the Son of God. To walk like him, to move like him, to speak like him, to act like him, to love like him, to sacrifice like him, to lay our lives down like him. In order that he might be the firstborn among men, he calls us brothers, he calls us sisters. Like that we are brothers with Christ. That we are, he is the firstborn of all creation. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he, he justified, he also glorified. So he is God, and he's fully man, just like us. This idea of learning to coexist with God in life by the power of the Holy Spirit, just like he. How do we partner with God? How do we learn to do that? And it kind of begs the question, because when we have this marrying of God and the marrying of man, it's kind of like confusing sometimes. Is this my initiative or is this God, right? And I can just tell you that that's going to be something that you need to navigate in the kingdom. Because I would dare say that a lot of the thoughts that you're having, especially with respect to the kingdom and, and anything that's good and right and holy, it's probably from God. It's probably you and God and your wills coming together to desire something of the kingdom. It's not an and or, it's a both. It's a both. He's not going to override you and make you do something that you don't want to do. Does that make sense? So when we get this mindset, right, we get this understanding, it, it kind of radically changes our thinking because a lot of us are probably missing the movement and, and what God is doing among us because we fail to recognize that he's moving through me or he's in me, moving it with me. And, and you know what I mean? This combining of man and God together. See, the reality is, is that God is always at work, and all we need to do is recognize and see it and learn to function and flow with it. And listen, I'm standing before you. I struggle with this every day of my life. But I have a God that loves me no matter how I respond. It's not based on what I do. It's based on him. And all, I, all he wants is my yes. You know, I, so I was on the phone, I, I mean, this was a, uh, a month or so ago, and 
and I had to make a phone call. I can't remember what it's about. I can't remember the company. I just had to call somebody. And I pick up the phone, and I'm calling, and, and I remember all of a sudden one of my people that I, I love that follows the kingdom and, is, and does the, th- the Jesus thing all the time, right? This is what Christians do. This, I mean, what I'm talking to you is this is what Christians are called to do. This is how we're called to move and how to act and bring the kingdom in every area of our life. And this isn't just John Richter. This is everybody. So I get on the phone, and I'm like, oh, maybe God wants to do something in this person's life. So I'm talking to him on the phone. I get to the end of the conversation. And you, know, you got that moment of truth where what am I going to do? You know what I mean? And you know what? I, I don't care anymore. Like, I'm a, I love Jesus. Like, you just got to get that settled in your mind. This is who I am. I want everybody to know that I love Jesus, that I'm following him with all I am. You know what I mean? That's, I, I just, I don't, if you don't follow, if you don't like that, that's fine. You know what I mean? And you're going to be rejected. And that's okay. We were there. We know what it's like. And so anyways, so she's on the phone. I said, hey, do you have some like kind of pain in your body? In fact, I might have even said something with her back. And so I said, and she's like, yeah, I do. And so I prayed. And I was like, now check it. See if it's any better. And she's like, oh, my gosh, it's better. And, I, you know, I, the one, so the one thing there was that was a great open door. I said, you know what? Jesus just touched you. You know, he wants you to, you know, he's loving on you right now. And I had an opportunity to kind of like share the gospel. Let me say, I didn't do that. All I said was, that's awesome. Great. Talk to you later. Click. (laughs) That was my response. I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm not perfect. Okay. Yeah. I was in Lowe's and I was getting, I was getting, uh, um, I was getting flooring. What was I getting? I was at Lowe's getting something. I can't. Oh. No, that wasn't it either. No, washing machine. Kim wanted a washing machine. It was only available in the coal rain lows. So I went down there. I'm at the Lowe's station. There's this guy. This guy was like, man, he was so friendly and so nice. And I was like, I just love this guy. This guy's awesome. And, and so I was just like, it was a back thing too. I was like, you know, I felt like, hey, you know, maybe do you have some back pain? Yeah, I do. And so I just prayed for him. I just was like, can I pray for you? He's like, you're a Christian? Yeah. And he was a Christian too, which was cool. It made it nice. And so I just put my, grabbed his hand, and I just prayed for him. I was like, and Jesus, now just curse this, this pain like we did today, right? And he was like, oh, my gosh. We started walking. He, he was so excited, and we started talking about church and life, and he was looking for a church and moved away from, he was from, like, Mississippi or something like that. And anyways, he's, like, walking along, and he looks at me, and he's like, hey, my back, I don't have any pain anymore. I'm like, holy cow, that's awesome, right? And I was so excited. I was like, you know, when the kingdom breaks in, it, it's so much fun, right? You know, and you know, so I can't, I wish I could say that every time I prayed, someone got healed right there. I wish I could say that to you, and it doesn't happen, and I don't get that, but I'm leaning, I'm pressing into walking like Jesus, because this is what he taught me to do. This is what he taught us to do. So I'm going to share a story with you. Let's go ahead and stand up, and the worship team come on up. God is calling us to coexist. And what I would challenge you is is you're having probably more God thoughts and he's revealing himself to you than you even know. And what I'm challenging you to do is to think about that and go, huh, because God's at work all around us. All we have to do is, is be attentive and to give him our yes and step into that. So we're standing up here. I, 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 I told you I was going to give you a chance to to say yes to Jesus. 
And there's two groups of people that I really want to talk to. One, the first group is this. If you've said yes to Jesus and you're wanting to rededicate your life, you're wanting to like, you know what, I've kind of walked away. I, I really haven't, um, yeah, I want to give him my yes again. You know what I mean? And I get that. I've, I've had those moments, right? And that the Bible says, you know, if we repent, we turn away from that. We go, you know what, I need something different in my life. I said yes to you here, Jesus, but I want to say yes to you again. If that's you, we have prayer people in the back and that would love to pray with you and to love to pray that prayer and to recommit your life to Jesus. would love that. So there's going to be prayer people in the back during worship. Okay, we're going to have some ministry time during worship. So if, um, in fact, my prayer people, if you guys could make your way back there, that would be amazing. All right. So if you... Uh, if that's you, you know, if you want to recommit your life to Jesus, please make your way there. I really want to talk to the people that have never, ever given their life to Jesus, that have never made a commitment, okay? Those are the people that I really want to give you a, a chance right now. We're standing up, okay? And I believe, I want to give you a memory, a, a moment where you go, yes, this was the day that I said yes to Jesus. I crossed the line, right? Stepped over the line, and I gave my heart to him fully. And I, you know, I trust in Jesus as Lord of my life. I want to give you that moment. The, the Bible says that if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, then we're going to be saved. We're born again. The moment that we confess Jesus, right? the moment we say yes to him, is when we are born. The, Jesus calls it being born again, born of the Spirit of God. And it's a beautiful thing. It's the it's most glorious thing. And I can remember the moment that I said yes to him for the first time. And we all have those moments. So if that's you, right, let's just bow our heads, shut our eyes. If you want to say yes to Jesus, if you want to commit your life to Jesus, then all I'm going to ask you to do is a sign of faith. You say, hey, I now believe that Jesus is the Son of God. He is fully God, fully man. He was, he was crucified for our sin. He was raised on the third day. And he is alive forevermore. If you believe that and you want to make that confession right now, that, that, that was your first, your first time, just shoot your hand up in the air. Just lift it up in the air. That's all you got to do. There's no pressure. I'm going I'm to wait because I want to give people time. This is a sacred moment right here, right? You want to give Jesus your yes. All you got to do is shoot your hand up in the air just as saying, yes, I, wanna, I, wanna, I want Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. It's okay. I'm going to pray the prayer, and I want to encourage you, the, the people that are, you that are, everyone that's standing here, if you want to pray this with me, please. All right, this is our, our confession of faith, right? So just say, Jesus. I want you to be the Lord of my life. I'm done living in my own strength. And I want to live for you. I believe that you died and rose again on the third day. 
and that you are seated at the right hand of the Father. And that you're coming again one day. I surrender now to you. Again, we'll have people that will want to pray with you in the back. If you want to make your way back there, we'd love to pray with you. If you want to recommit your life to Jesus, we'd love to pray with you. If you've got a healing need or just maybe you want a prophetic word or a word of encouragement, come on back. We'd love to pray with you.